0: hello everybody this is the value guys this is Val Hughes and Vern Value, and we're here to do our weekly Value Line Observer. This week, we're focusing on the January 27th, 2006 issue of Value Line. And as we do every week, uh, we're going to review our favorites out of that list. We might look at a couple of number ones and twos and give you our favorites. Sometimes we look at the fours and fives and tell you where there might be value. Uh, just for review, uh, we are two Wall Street professionals who uh, on weekends like to read Value Line and talk about uh, which ones are our favorites, but our bosses don't want us doing this at all, so we're kind of going underground, we're disguising our voices. Uh, You can read all about us at our website, www.thevalueguys.com, and you can also check us out uh, at iTunes. Uh, I'd like to, at this point, introduce uh, my partner, uh, Vern Value, who's going to talk about a couple of this week's, I believe. Uh, what did you choose this week? Uh,
1: I have all one-rated stocks. I'm uh, okay. from the machinery machinery indus- industry. Um, Take it so away. So, I guess these are companies you go to if you want to buy some machinery. Um, My basement is uh, got a lot of room for uh, for additional uh, yeah, machinery. Yeah, well, who doesn't have more room for machinery uh, or room for more machinery? Uh, first stock is uh, Columbus McKinnon. Uh, symbol CMCO um, small cap 375 million market cap Um, you know pretty cheap looking stock uh, 10 times cash flow um, better than 20% discount to the um, to a market PE at 14 and a half times uh, well below one-time sales Um, a lot of financial leverage Uh, this company uh, is uh, been around forever. They make uh, something called a. Something called a. Uh, Fabtibulator? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I think it's called a hoist. Ah. Um, now, Value Line's description, of course, is that they are a broadline designer, manufacturer, and supplier of sophisticated material handling products. They make a thing that you like. <laughs> if you got a big, heavy bucket of uh, uh, parts that you need to pick up, they help you. Lifted off the ground. Well, that's I like mean, how they call like some of those winch. things
0: uh, fastener companies that are, uh, you know, screw companies, right? right. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's all, uh, it's all in how uh, how you define it, I guess. Uh, like they call this a show. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, anyway, this, uh, as you might guess, this company's uh, uh, products would, uh, it seems to me, would be pretty directly related to uh... how many factories you had with big heavy stuff that needed to be picked up indeed probably uh... directly dependent on how many people you had uh... employed in a job of picking up big heavy stuff in a factory and if there's one thing we know about those kinds of uh... relatively less sophisticated tasks uh... they're being done uh... less and less in north america if they are they're probably being done in mexico uh, but more likely, they're being done in Asia. And uh, this company, uh, I know a little bit about these guys. They uh, basically make everything here. Seems to me this is kind of an industrial commodity. Um, a lot of financial leverage. Value uh, Line speculates that they might be interested in acquisitions. I hope not anytime soon. They just did a huge equity offering that brought debt to capital down to about 65 percent. And uh, if you generate about 30 million in cash flow. Annually, which is what it looks like, and you've got 150 million in debt. You're going to be living with uh, a lot of financial leverage for a while. So, um, you know, the industrial economy has been in a strong period, of, or the industrial, yeah, a strong period of recovery for the last what, like three years or something like that. Well, we're, we've got a record-breaking
0: um, recovery going on that seems to be a secret. But uh, so this, uh, you know, there's there's a lot the of pro-
1: It looks like there's a lot of protection in the uh, valuation. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the stock do. Uh, go a little higher, but uh, certainly not something I'd really want to invest in. Let me jump
0: in on this one. I've read these. I've I've spent uh, numerous seconds uh, reviewing the value line sheet on Columbus McKinnon, uh, and uh, what I can tell you is that of the stocks that Vern's looking at this week, I don't understand them at all, but I'm just looking at this thing. It's 14 times earnings. Uh, The balance sheet's terrible, so if we hit a downturn, you know, Their meat, their their, their meat.
1: That multiple would be going up.
0: But it looks like the the, the people that you survey uh, in corporate America want to spend more money right now. Interest rates are low. The economy is steady. uh, Foreign money is pouring in. And these guys make uh, material handling equipment. To me, that says cost reduction. So people may be buying this stuff to get more efficient themselves because labor is expensive. I'm just going to... I'm going to take a shot and uh, think I'm going to b- buy this one, Columbus McKinney. Yeah, McKinnon. even
1: though there are only uh, three factories left in the United States, um, their capacity well, utilization... Well, don't they do distribution? Don't it, they do distribution warehouses? And, well, that's probably true. There's yeah. heavy stuff in warehousing, too. Yeah. Uh, so. but, you know, it's usually in a box... And you can usually use a forklift to pick it up. Well, all I know is we thing that you have to wrap a chain around.
0: We something. are sitting around right now looking for you know decent industrial-type names. Let's type move on names. to the next one. Well, the,
1: the, the, you know, that's ranked a number one. Oh, it I, is? You know, oh, yeah, ranked one. Okay. I, I like the momentum. I like the idea that it's later cycle because… I wouldn't be a one on that. that. I might be a two but, on that uh, one. Uh, JLG Industries, um, world's leading producer of aerial work platforms and telehandlers, uh, two very hot areas in uh, mobile equipment. Um, this stock, this is uh, two and a half billion market cap. Stock's been on a huge tear. Um, you basically could have bought this for uh, well uh, under twelve dollars in two thousand three, and it recently changed hands at fifty. Um, you've got a uh, basically, if I'm reading the value line correctly, a record seventeen times cash flow multiple. Of record cash flow Um, you get a 21 time uh, PE so a premium to the market Um, it's even a premium to sales which for an industrial company is saying something Um, debt to cap uh, you know moderate leverage What, what is it saying
0: when it's at a premium to sales what what is that saying I'm sorry You said it's saying something when it's at a premium to sales. Uh, What is it saying? Uh, Well,
1: it's saying that uh, this is uh, for an industrial stock. The stock is currently getting a premium valuation. It's not uh, typical to see uh, better than one times multiples on cyclically strong results when you're talking about revenue multiples. Um, But uh, it's an interesting story because... Um, This is an area that I don't know if people realize maybe they've noticed and they're walking through the airport or shopping mall or someplace like that. You rarely see a worker up on a ladder anymore, very... uh uh, rarely scaffolding to change light bulbs or to do a repair. I mean, anymore it's these things with the little rubber tires. Well, you tires see them putting and, uh, up uh, Christmas lights. Articulating That's people... arms that can safely boost somebody. Those are the uh, things, things that are the putting the bulbs in the trees um, and, at Christmas you know, time. The reality is that it's pretty pervasive here in the U.S., uh, you know, I wouldn't want to make a long-term secular growth argument based on the remaining opportunity here. Um, but these are underpenetrated products in the rest of the world, where historically uh, uh, they just haven't valued a human life quite as highly, I guess. But um, ooh, can I have some of that? Yeah, um, especially in Asia. Um, and they're they are uh, they're the world's leading uh, player. In fact, they really only have one significant competitor. Um, and because of the nature of the product and where it's used, um, it is particularly leveraged to non-residential building construction, which is a market which really just looks like it's starting to turn around. So I, I, to me, this looks like a very clean-looking. They also, uh, uh, by the way, recently signed a deal. It says here, a 20-year deal with Caterpillar, the leader in, uh, in earth-moving equipment. Uh, to supply telehandlers to Caterpillars, So um, apparently a new growth initiative there as well. Uh, very clean late cycle, uh, late cycle play with some secular growth potential. Uh, you know, the, the world global economy is growing very nicely right now. Um, I, this stock looks interesting to me. Hmm. Um, again, momentum, I might chase really? it. Kind of a huh. two kind of a name.
0: Um, well, I didn't see it that way. Again, I don't know anything about these. I'm just reading Value Line, and it's a great uh, tool to uh, rough through these things. And again, you know, I'm just looking at this 21 times earnings. The stock is up from, gosh, it was at four from death's door, four in '03 at the low, and now it's 50. So you already there's a lot of people that got a ten banger out of this thing sales per share you know it at a premium that seems unusual they must have had a bunch of good stuff happening recently Uh, but I don't know a lot of industrial companies aside from Illinois Tool Works that can maintain this type of premium multiple and I'm not a technician the value guys uh, you know just like you we see a chart this one just looks like it's straight up and uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I would just take a breather on this. It might have great international opportunities and all that, in which case it'd be cheap, but uh, this looks like you might be able to get it cheaper. Yeah, okay. Anyway, anyway. We're,
1: we're, we're the value guys, so right. uh, it, it, I've saved the value-oriented name for last. All uh, right. Very interesting story. Uh, company's name is Tenant. Uh, the symbol is TNC, uh, a little under uh, half a billion market cap. Um, currently, what $52, 11 times cash flow, uh, 18 and a half times earnings, so basically a market multiple. Um, ROI uh, around 10%, uh, but no debt on the balance sheet. In fact, there's about $3 a share in cash, uh, which of course brings your multiples down slightly. Um, and um, uh, it just looks uh, to me like a uh, perfect example of a problem that has uh, struck a lot of the surviving North American-based manufacturers this cycle in that because they've gotten more discipline with capital, shareholders have forced them to become that way. They can't seem to find good businesses to buy to try and expand their footprint, grow. Uh, the The reason this company, it's pretty clear if you look a little carefully at the numbers that uh, the return on capital is around 10% here because the company's overcapitalized. Uh, and if I've, I've done a little back of the envelope here. Um, $50 million basically at current prices would buy me 11% of the outstanding shares of the entire company. 100000000 million wouldn't be a big deal uh, in the context of book equity running around $200 million right now. This looks like a prime candidate to, uh, uh, if not be taken out by someone who's looking for an opportunity to uh, uh, to do something that uh, you know brings pretty good cash flow characteristics um, it, it certainly looks like a good candidate for a take private in some form or another um, very interesting name uh, it's up significantly but uh, kind of stuck in a range, look at this, over uh, many years. Yeah. It's kind of only been range bound between like 30 and 50. Well, and sales per share going up pretty consistently. Cash flow
0: per share is cyclical, but they seem to be toward the old highs. And maybe I don't think they really escalation. have a competitor. Margins are pretty consistent. They don't lose money even
1: in downturns. Now, and one, I see one their one name on though. things. One They've got caution. a brand
0: that means something.
1: One caution, though. Um that is written here in Value Line, and I don't know anything about this. A lot of changes in the uh, executive management suites at Tenant Company, which is apparently based in Minneapolis. So maybe a little controversy well, in Minnesota. Maybe someone's
0: bothered by the fact the stock's done nothing for ten years. The and, CEO's uh,
1: out. The CFO resigned, and it says here that General Counsel Eric Blanchard left for a position at another company huh. seems to me that when you get the CEO and the CFO walking out the door and they're rapidly followed by general counsel you probably something's want to do up. a little bit of homework something's up Stocks On the, other the hand, stocks up since that event you know was. I like this I think this feeds into my uh, my idea here that this uh, you know you could be the opera you might capture a premium here if this thing changed hands um, you know with uh, management uncertain um, in uh, an overcapitalized balance sheet i see a lot of value here
0: well i don't know much about this one i think that uh, the valuation looks right for a well run company you know their returns aren't so hot but they use absolutely no debt if they took a little well, leverage hey, on look at they could get their, return their returns retire. on
1: capital were like 15 to 20% and that
0: was with uh, and they used no leverage to boost that even now 8% uh, return on capital if they just took a little debt on the balance sheet they could uh, they could do much better on turn on equity. That might be an idea so for the looks like for the new plan. management team.
1: So I, I, you know, I'm I'm coming down on Value Line side here with their one. I think it's the best one of the three ones in the machinery group. With the caveat that you need to do a little homework because I've done none, and frankly, yeah. I have no idea. These people could be crooks for all I know. But no, uh, I
0: don't know about that. <laughs> I
1: uh, know about but that. I, you know, Value Line, I don't think would put a one on it. You know, they have good analysts. They're They've doing done good some work. work. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be doing that. Okay.
0: Now listen, we're going to move along here. This is our brief intermission. Okay, we're back. Val Uh, Hughes, take it away. Val Hughes, get it. Uh, I'm going to look at at a couple of stocks today. They uh, they, they've looked at the securities industry this week, securities brokerage industry, and we're in that industry. That doesn't mean we know anything about it, but uh, we work in it. And what <clears throat> what I would note is the securities industry does better when people have more money because uh, they earn fees off the money, they earn fees when you move the money. Uh, anyone listening to this knows what I'm talking about. There's fees to pay to be involved in the securities industry. Now, one of the nice things that's happening is this thing that I don't know if anyone's noticed it. It's called demographics and it's happening very slowly it's like an iceberg but if you're uh, 34 this year you know you were 33 last year that's happening for everybody and what's happening is as people get older they get wealthier and they need to do something with their money so uh, really business has never looked rosier long-term than it does right now for the securities industry And uh, I would suggest, you know, weighting your portfolio towards this industry. Take advantage of this entrenched trend. Nothing is going to change this. People aren't going to start putting money in mattresses. uh, And, uh, you know, you might want to diversify with some, uh, you know, hard assets. But uh, these businesses are going to benefit from this shift in wealth. The industry over the last few years, the stocks have been a little flattish. You know, people have been concerned about recession, recession, recession. Meantime, we're in probably one of the strongest recoveries on record, and that's including the Reagan recoveries that were uh, so well publicized at the time because people liked him and were willing to publicize uh, the strong economy at the time. We're in the a very strong stealth economy and that's going to ultimately increase the intrinsic value of all these companies. The stocks have been real flattish the last four years. They were up a little bit last year, just, in my opinion, just a little bit of catch-up. So with that background, let me focus in on three stocks in their group. The first one is a company called Chicago Mercantile, uh, ticker CME, trades on the NYSE. That sounds like a general store in Wyoming or something. Well, this stock uh, was founded in Chicago in 1898, and it was founded under the name the Chicago Butter and Egg Company. So, uh, dairy products. Yeah, mainly dairy products. And this evolved as a way to help farmers have a certain price for their products so they would know how much to invest in their crops. They could have a certain price on the other end. And, you know, the futures market was born right here where the railroad meets. You know the Great Plains, and that's how it all came about. But today, their business is uh, less eggs and <clears throat> and butter, and more interest rates, interest rate futures, equities, foreign exchange, and commodities. In fact, uh, this this firm is the largest futures trader in the U.S. It's the larging, largest clearinghouse in the world for these trades, and. Uh, you know, they've had a tremendous uh, growth the last few years. Now, the stock reflects this, ladies and gentlemen. Value Line has this rated one this week. Uh, they also have another company, Leg Mason, rated one. Uh, Chicago Mercantile trades at $378 a share. Uh, they have sales per share, which is a good metric t- t- to look at, of $27. I can't help but notice it's more than 10 times, and beyond that, I don't have to know much. You know, that's a, that's a big number. And they have $11 per share in cash flow, so, you know, I don't need a calculator to see that's over 30, and that's that's too high. The company went public in 02 at around 40, so it's a 10-bagger since that time. Uh, the total market cap right now is $13 billion. Now, they do have a very high return on equity. It's consistently in the 20s, but they trade at 10 times equity, so that's 2% or high twos on my investment. So, you know, don't be fooled by a high return on book when the company trades at 10 times book.
1: How do I get the surprise upside on price here?
0: Well, I think what you have to have is uh, a a dramatic increase in the uh, PE or uh, there is dramatic growth in the futures business right now. But even when I look at growth, it's been a solid, you know, teens, mid-teens kind of growth. It's not the 30 percent, 40 percent type of growth, in my opinion, that would warrant this type of valuation. Just for example, the total market cap here is 13 billion, okay? When I look at the cumulative revenue since the company went public, that's three billion. So that's not last year's revenue, that's cumulative revenues. When I look at cumulative earnings since they went public, that's if I put all the earnings in a big pile, it would add up to $800 million. So uh, it's going to take a lot of years to get your money back on this one, and, uh, you know, I'd sell it. It's 42 times earnings, it's 38 times cash flow, it's 12 times revenue. Those are all very expensive numbers no doubt a great company a great business a great franchise I think you can buy this one cheaper I think value has got this one wrong I'd I take a pass on uh, Chicago mercantile a second one I want to talk about just to contrast is uh, leg mason it's the only other number one rated stock in this segment uh, leg mason is on the NYSE ticker LM Stock is hundred and twenty six dollars uh, sales per share thirty two dollars and earnings per share estimated to be about 560. So, you know, this trades at four times sales, uh, you know, 20-something times earnings. And, uh, you know, there's big change afoot at Leg Mason. Leg Mason just did a giant deal with Citigroup where they basically took all of Citigroup's global asset management business in exchange for... Uh, their private brokerage business and capital markets business, and $500 million in cash. When I move all the numbers around, it looks like they paid a net of about a billion dollars to get a hold of this global Citibank uh, asset management business. And they have, if you add up all the dollars in this firm now that they're managing, it's $370 billion. Uh, let's say they manage to extract about a one percent fee. You know, some of that's fixed income, and they probably won't get a full point. But it's a it's a reasonable guess given other fees and add-ons. So that's you know that's a decent uh, thirty-seven billion in cash flow. The current enterprise value is fifteen billion. So they're basically trading at about four times this big cash flow revenue number, based on a global asset number that's well diversified and is apt to grow with world growth likes uh, yeah so now the only caveat is it's not super cheap and the value guys like cheap but in this case if if we see a demographic trend that you can count on and it seems even more certain than the likelihood of having the US government pay me back Uh, my 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 dad uh, like demographics are very powerful and in this case you know between the world population growth the spread of democracy and capitalism I think the bet that a brand like Citigroup and uh, around the world
1: like Mason's always been a very well-run organization as well and uh, your execution risk uh, on this opportunity is probably a lot less here than it might be a lot of other you know,
0: there might ones. be a little downside, and, and then all that would be is you have to wait a little longer. Now, just like uh, Vern, I have saved the best, ladies and gentlemen, for last. Uh, Value Line has hidden a little gem in here. They've rated it number two instead of a one, and I prefer this to both those other companies. It's a little company called Lehman Brothers, L E H ticker. It's on the NYSE, it's rated two. Uh, stocks at 113. Dollars. Uh, they've got 32 billion in revenue and a 35 billion dollar market cap. So, uh, you know, metric we we take a look at is market cap to sales. Uh, so that that's that's not too bad compared to some of these other stocks. Lehman is a great old Wall Street name from 100 years ago now the firm has been you know sold reconfigured etc but the brand still resonates with people and they've been doing something the last few years uh, which is pretty powerful and it's in contrast to the model of some of the other Wall Street firms if you're working with Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs and a broker calls on you they've got a name Goldman Sachs Morgan Stanley some of the brokers have been discredited the last few years with the downtick in the markets and analysts being wrong and things like that what Lehman did was they bought a company a few years ago called Newberger Berman, which is a very large asset manager based in New York. And Newberger had acquired a collection of asset managers that were little boutiques, three and four man shops, different types of investors, different types of personalities. And when their sales force goes out, they can match the prospect or the prospective client to just the right little boutique that they might want. It's not like this giant. Group of white shirted you know Morgan Stanley guys, it's uh, a tailored boutique, and they uh, they as a result, they I think have a better chance to have a, a stable growth in the value of their brand than a Goldman or a Morgan, not to pick on them, but these big brands that are sort of monolithic. They are diversified across brands, across styles, across platforms, and most importantly, because of an acquisition they made of a company called Lincoln Capital a few years ago. Only 6% of their revenues are commissions. That's the most volatile section of a brokerage firm's income statement. In contrast, Leg Mason, 82% of their revenues are commissions, which can vanish in a downturn, as you all well know. Uh, 25% of Lehman's business revenues are principal transactions. That's smart guys taking equity bets in companies and hoping they go up, and you know they're first in line to look at these things, so that's a pretty good bet that that's going to be a good business. And 56% of their revenue is interest income, which is very stable. Uh, The best thing about this company, it trades at 11 times earnings, less than 2 times book, and I think has a great old brand that they can build on and add on for years. So uh,
1: this is uh, Val Hughes. They're also everybody's favorite uh, candidate for consolidation whenever the... Mood strikes the street and it becomes part of the story in the sector.
0: Well, I hope that doesn't happen because these guys have really done a great thing as a standalone. But if it were to this, this well, stock the does have the type of value. About, yeah, they could. This company has the valuation that that could happen to. Uh, but I, I like this one a lot and I would prefer this to either Leg Mason or Chicago Mercantile. I think an interesting little trade is go long this, go short Mercantile, but uh, you know what have you?
1: We this is all for entertainment purposes only.
0: But uh, that's all we have for today, I guess. Two ideas
1: for you this week, and I think with that, we'll wrap it up. Adios.
0: Adios.